And welcome into Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. Happy Sunday. We hope you are wearing a mask and staying safe and staying healthy. And uh, joining me today is my friend Maya Brousseau, who's the Interim Director of Marketing and Communication at the Dumb Friends League. Did I get that right, Maya? That title's a big title. <laughs> you got it right. Perfect, Murphy. Well, I'm perfect. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that very much. So for those maybe that don't know or not aware of the Dumb Friends League, let's talk about the organization. You know, I've been working with you guys for a long time, but there's a lot of people moving to Denver, even despite the COVID-19 problem. And oh, tell them about the Dumb Friends League. Well, the Dumb Friends League is the largest animal welfare organization in the Rocky Mountain region. We care for more than 21,000 homeless pets and horses each year. We have animal shelters in Denver and also in Castle Rock, our buddy center. And then we also have services that we provide to the community that include low-cost veterinary care for people who would not otherwise be able to afford to provide that care for their pets. We also offer free cat spay-neuter clinics. And we have also, we're going to be opening up a new shelter in Alamosa, Colorado, early next year. And we also have our Harmony Equine Center, which is in Franktown. So we have a lot going on. Well, I, I guess I've been working with you guys for a long time. And it was basically when I started, the Quebec Street Shelter. And the growth over the years is phenomenal. The animals you're helping in the, and the Equine Center is such a special place, isn't it? It is. You know, we, we kind of joke that the Equine Center hasn't been as affected by the pandemic because when you have 168 acres, it's a lot easier to socially distance. <laughs> yes, it so, is. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, it's a beautiful facility. It's over in Franktown, and we're able to provide care to horses that have been removed from their owners through law enforcement cases. Also, sometimes people can no longer care for their horses and they relinquish them to us there. And what we do there is we rehabilitate and train and adopt out the horses. It's not a sanctuary. The horses aren't going to live their lives out at the Harmony Equine Center. The goal is to adopt them just like it is for cats and dogs at our at our pet shelters. And that works pretty well, doesn't it? It does. We've been very successful in finding homes for horses. And, you know, more horse people are coming around and, and learning about adopting horses as an option and realizing that they can still get a great horse through adoption. And uh, it's a bargain, too, when you adopt a horse versus buying a horse. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've been down there several times. And the horses, I mean, they're they're good shape and they're good looking animals. They're good for adopting, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, our team works really hard to help these horses. Uh, some of them come from really sad conditions where they've been starving or they're extremely sick, and our team works to provide them the care that they need in order to become healthy. And then once they become healthy, that's when they work on training and getting them ready to be an adoptable horse. It can be anything from a trail riding horse to a pasture pet, depending upon people's needs and also what that horse is, is right for. And the program's been very successful, and we're very proud of what we've been able to do there. Well, you guys should be very proud of everything you've been doing, uh, from just the taking in the pets and the horses. And, and I'm sure people are wondering, how have you uh, just kind of adapted to the change since COVID-19, the pandemic? We talked a little bit off the air here about, because we know most of the people there and people are coming and going, but how, how are you handling that situation? Well, you know, we had to make a lot of adaptations and, and, and pivot quite a bit of how we normally operate our shelter. One thing I want everyone to know is that we never close. We have remained open to the public, just not in the way that the public is used to us being open. So we did have to suspend letting people come into our doors in order to adopt animals. And we've moved to a virtual adoptions process where people schedule an appointment online. And then they have a phone consultation with one of our talented adoptions counselors to help pair them up with the right pet. 
but we've been open the entire time for people who have uh, who find a stray animal who can no longer care for their pet and need to relinquish their pet. For anybody who has a lost or or they find a pet, we're, we we've been available for all of those services the entire time, and our staff has been on site providing care for all of the animals in our care the entire time. So it, it seems like we're closed because we're not open for adoptions, at least not in the way people are used to. So it's been a little confusing, I think, for some some people, but um, we've been able to successfully continue to adopt out pets and provide care to animals that need us right now. Well, I know because obviously we've adopted many dogs. And by the way, Bear says to say hi to you, Maya. He knew I was going to talk to you today. <laughs> so um, anyhow, how, how do you do that? Because I know a big part of the adoption process is spending time with the pet in one of your wonderful rooms and you get to know them and maybe bring in another pet to see if they get along. How do you, how do you handle that part? That's a big part of an adoption, isn't it? Well, yeah, and so it has been challenging because, you know, it's definitely a very different process. We are asking the public to trust our, our, our adoption counselors are very highly skilled, and they know the right questions to ask people about what they're looking for in a pet. So here's what sometimes happens. People will walk through our doors, they'll see an animal and be like, I need this animal, I'm in love with this animal. And then they'll find out that this animal may not be great with cats, but you have a cat at home. And then they'll find out that this animal may not be good with kids and they have a kid at home. So what we're trying to do is kind of work with people in the opposite direction. So find out what they, you know, what their home is like, what they have for other pets, the family inside the home. Are they an active family who wants to take a, a dog on hikes on a daily basis or do they want to kind of veg out on the couch with their dog? So we'll ask them all of those questions first and then identify you know, a couple of pets that we think match what they're looking for, provide them with photos and sometimes video. And then a lot of times people, then people will make the decision whether or not they want to adopt and they meet them on adoption day. And we've gotten some great feedback where people are really impressed and surprised with what they've ended up adopting with the pets they've brought home. They're saying that, you know, this pet may not be one they would have walked up and chosen, but this pet is perfect for their family. Oh, nice. um, it's been really fun to see that happen. Well, good for you guys, because you do such a fantastic job with adoptions over there. And you might explain for those that never have adopted a pet before through the Dumb Friends League, what's the process? What do you get included with the adopt- adoption fee when you pick up your, your new brand new family member? <laughs> well, uh, in addition, I always say in addition to a lifetime of love and companionship, uh, you, your pet will be spayed or neutered. Your pet will be up to date on all uh, age-appropriate vaccinations. Your pet will get a wellness visit from a participating veterinarian within a certain amount of time after adoption. They'll also get 30 days of pet insurance through Pet First and a free bag of food from our friends at Hills Pet Nutrition. So for that small adoption fee, you actually really get a lot, especially knowing that your, your pet has been spayed or neutered. You don't have to worry about contributing to pet overpopulation because people who, ha- who you know, get a pet in, in, in other ways will find out that, that those surgeries can be pretty expensive if you go to your veterinarian. So it's really great for us to be able to make sure that we're not contributing to that pet overpopulation issue. No, no, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great fee for sure and a, a good deal you get for that amount of money for the Dumb Friends League. And I know that this time of year, a couple of things have happened. I saw on, on TV the other day, uh, again, I guess it's pretty typical, 4th of July fireworks. A lot of dogs are upset or cats and they're running away and they come to the Dumb Friends League. And you guys really had a, quite a few last week, didn't you? 
Yeah, you know, typically, you know, the day after the 4th of July or the days right after or whenever there's a large fireworks display can be some of the busiest at any animal shelter across the country. You know, it's not uncommon for those fireworks to be extremely scary for our furry family members. So they end up coming to the league as lost pets. And the ones that have the best chance of being reunited with their family members are the ones that have been microchipped because they have microchipped, not only microchipped, but also microchipped with up-to-date information. That's one thing I always want to point out to people because, you know, if you have a pet that you've had for 10 years, but you've changed your phone number or moved and your contact information is incorrect, that's not going to help. So make sure if you have a microchip, uh, a pet with a microchip that you have that contact information updated, but also up-to-date collar with tags on it that have that up-to-date information. So then that way you have the best chance of being reunited with your pet. If your pet's missing after the 4th, make sure you're checking the animal shelters closest to you because that's most likely where they would end up being taken. You can file lost pet reports online, use all of the social media, you know, Facebook, use Nextdoor, all of those things. They always say that the first few hours and days are the most that you can't be reunited even if it's been a week or two. Yeah, that's a good idea. Get on it right away. Now, I have a question to you. This comes from my neighbor, Paul who uh, they've lived here for a while, but <clears throat> excuse me, they moved here several years ago, but their dog, they have a beautiful dog, is not microchipped. Can they mm-hmm. bring, bring a pet in just to be microchipped at the Dumb Friends League? So we don't provide that service at the Dumb Friends League, but any veterinarian can provide that okay. service. And it's it's inexpensive. It's tiny. It's about the size of a piece of rice. Sure. So it's like a tiny little prick that ends up, and um, and it's it's a huge thing. So I, we recommend that for anybody who is able to provide that to their pet. And it doesn't hurt the dog to have the chip put in there. No, no. It's 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 a tiny. It's like a tiny little prick. It's really small. Like I said, it's the size of rice. It's funny on one of my cats. I can actually feel his microchip. It's kind of weird. Oh, really? Yeah, that would feel a little weird. You know, yeah. my wife thinks I should be microchipped, so maybe I'll be down to get that taken care of. So listen, my afraid you're going to get lost. Uh, well, yeah, she's yeah. The older I get, she's really worried about that for sure. <laughs> We're talking now with my friend Maya Brousseau of the, the Dumb Friends League. And another question I have: these next few weeks and weeks ahead, it's going to be ninety, a hundred degrees. Give some advice on how to take care of your family member, your pet, your cat, your dog, which you might have in this hot weather. Yeah, you know, I mean this this weather that we're having when it's really hot. One of the things to always think about is if you're hot, they're hot. So you know, think about the think about the temperature, especially you know if you're a dedicated person who walks your dog every single day. Try to avoid those anything you know the midday. Try to try to take those walks early in the morning before it gets too hot, or later in the evening after things cool down. One, another thing that's really huge for pets is make sure they have access to water. Water is super important to be able to keep them from overheating and help them maintain their body temperature. Another big thing, and I tell people this this time of year, if, you are, if, if you're going somewhere and you're not allowed to take your dog inside with you, please don't take your dog with you. Do not leave your dog in the car. A really interesting fact is that when it's just 70 degrees outside, the temperature inside your car can rise to 89 degrees in just 10 minutes. That's wow. when it's 70 degrees, not much, not less when it's 94 degrees or something. So really think about that. If you can't take your dog inside, leave them at home where it's cool and they can, they can be comfortable. And just make sure that you're, you're not putting them in a situation that could put them at risk. Also make sure if you are out there, you know, walking them, 
check that pavement because that hot pavement can actually right. burn their paw pads. And it's really, really uh, painful for them when that happens. So make sure that you check that pavement. Again, those early morning or um, evening walks are much more ideal when it's so hot like this. Right. And my idea, if you could verify this for me, I had read where even if you leave your dog in the car and you say, oh, I left the window cracked open so they have fresh air, that really doesn't matter that much, does it? It really doesn't. You know, it gets so hot inside of a car. Think of what it feels like when you get in and, and it feels hot. Imagine being in there and being an animal that can only pant to help uh, dissipate some of that heat. And then also dogs only sweat through their feet. So they, they don't they don't have the ability to sweat like we do to cool themselves down. So it can be very dangerous very quickly. And, you know, most people, when they leave the window open, it's just a crack. It's not enough. So it just when it's hot like this, leave them at home. They'll be much happier. Now, see, you just taught me something new today, Maya. I didn't know the dogs only sweat through their feet. Holy cow. That's, yeah, that's what. That's tough. Yeah, that's why they love it when um, it's really hot and they can get in like a little kiddie pool or the creek or something like that. Sure. Gosh, <laughs> I understand that completely. So we know that uh, the Dumb Friends Lakes, like so many nonprofits, really survive on donations. Uh, you don't get a lot any federal monies. So how's that going? I know the one of the biggest and one of the best fundraisers in the state of Colorado is Lulu's Barbecue, which was supposed to be in August, and that was dismissed because of the COVID of uh, the coronavirus. So what are you doing? Yeah, you know we've uh, we've had to make a lot of changes this year. We have Furry Scurry that was in May. We moved that aver- event to a virtual event. Um, it was successful as a virtual event. It didn't raise as much money as it would if it was an in-person event, but we were really happy with the success that we had as of it being an, a virtual event right. and people walking when they want, where they want. We've had to cancel some other events this year. So, you know, that that is something that's difficult to deal with. Um, because part, not just because we're, we're not raising the money that we would hope to raise, but we also really love that connection we have with our community where we have that opportunity to have these events and invite the public to learn more about us. And, you know, especially a dog-friendly event like Furry Scurry is so fun. You know, we see all these great sure. dogs out together. So um, it's a bummer, but we are moving forward. We are still raising money. Uh, we actually right now have kind of a fun way that we can raise money. It's um, We're having our pets. Uh, calendar photo contest so it's an opportunity for people to enter their pets to be in our 2021 calendar it's a 28 dollars entry fee and with that entry fee you get a copy of the calendar and then what you do is you invite your friends and family members to uh to vote for your pet to win oh, cool so that yeah and so and when they vote uh there's a donation associated with their vote it's a dollar per vote so that it not only raises money, but it could turn your pet into a little bit of a minor celebrity to appear in our 2021 calendar. Oh, yeah. That's a good calendar, It's a really fun way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a fun way to get people involved, and everyone loves making their pet a star, right? Oh, good idea. Mai, quickly, give us your uh, little website where people can get more information on the Dumb Friends and what you're doing over there. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to ddfl.org. You can learn about that pet photo contest. You can learn about all of the different services we offer and uh, figure out how you can get involved and help animals in need. Perfect. My Brousseau, good talking to you, kiddo. Good catching up. Thank you, Murphy. Yeah, you bet. And you guys hang on. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. Our weekly update with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health is next.